everyone and welcome to another episode of the Road to High Five and we're going to be once again taking a little bit look into um, the backstory of the of the staff members here at High Five and learning a little bit about them as people. Uh, today I'm going to have him introduce himself. Hello, I'm Jamie Thibodeau. Uh, I work for the Challenge Course Services Department uh, as a lead builder and I'm also work in the catalog department. So I'm going to just be asking you a few questions about your start here at High Five. So what were you doing before you worked here? And what do you think the path was that led you from that position to then coming here? What was the transition? Yeah, before this, I was a challenge course manager uh, at a camp in upstate New York in the Adirondacks and ran the course for probably nine months a year. Then the other three months I did a lot of stuff like maintenance and I, I ran the maple sugaring operation. You know, when you work at a camp full time, you're not just in one position. You do, you have to wear many hats to <laughs> to have a full time position there. So I did a lot of that stuff. My path to get myself here, I you know, I started working there in 2002, uh, doing a lot of ropes course stuff. And as I went on through college, I went back every summer to work there and just got a higher and higher role and determined that when I was finishing up with college that they had an open full-time position. So I ended up getting hired there, working there for about eight years, got married and figured out there was, uh, you know, time for change, time for a little bit of movement. And we, my wife and I discussed, you know, possibly getting a job here at High Five. They had been our vendor for eight years by that point. So I knew a lot of people very well and knew about the company and how well you know, how happy all the employees seemed. Uh, so we applied to work there and I got a job and now I'm here. When you were at the site you were previous and then also maybe outside of that, was there someone who you think like had like an influence on you wanting to do adventure education or outdoor education or did you just happen to fall into it? I didn't even know about any of the adventure education stuff. You know, growing up in a small town in northern Maine, way up in Caribou, you know, we didn't have any of this stuff anywhere near us. So I was in an organization called the FFA in high school and went to the camp in the Adirondacks for a a training when I was a senior in high school and got to, to go on the ropes course and do some of that team building stuff. And from there, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to get out. And this is where I want to work. So it kind of just started there and, and blossomed out of that. And you have like a like a history of labor-based work also, like carpentry stuff? Oh, yeah. I think that's definitely from my family. My grandfather owned a potato farm and my dad would always take me over there. And we'd always have lots of carpentry projects and things to do, um, We, you know. My uncle was an electrician, so I was always hanging out with him, helping him learn with those skills. And then as I grew up and started going through high school, I was taking, you know, physics and all those those other classes as well as taking classes like residential construction. Hmm. Um, you know, just learning how to build things. And it, it was awesome. It's always been working with my hands has always been a passion. Love Legos. Uh, have still own all of my Legos. <laughs> I, I just for uh, for my daughter's birthday got my dad got her the classic Lego set. It's like lots of oh, different yeah. colors. I've played with it more in the last few days than she has because it's like taking me back to like right. I love following instructions for some reason. There's organization to that like that. I was like, wow, this is very 
it's like a like therapeutic <laughs> almost yeah. in a way. So that's that's fun for me to reconnect with that. We have duffel bags and duffel bags filled at the house of Legos from when me and my brother were kids. It's just a little ridiculous, but it's fun. So there is uh, a psychiatrist out there um, who studies play, like the history of play. And I've, I've been fascinated with this, that someone has like a play history, like how play was or wasn't present in their childhood and how it like sort of affected them. Can you think back, knowing that like adventure ed wasn't really a thing, you sort of fell into it the same way almost. I fell into it not knowing it really existed. But is there a moment in your, in your childhood that you think now you reflect back and go, wow, it's like a perfect pass from being a kid to now? Oh, yeah. And I, it's, it's one of my things that I, I look around and I don't see in kids today. It's just, it's a different world too. But I, I would just go and ever since I was a, a young kid, I'd hop on my bike and be like, all right, I'll be back for dinner. And I'd go to a friend's house and we'd spend all day out in the woods playing or we'd go find a pond that had four inches of ice on it because it was November. It was time to play ice hockey and we'd spend all day there playing yeah. or we'd go to the to the playground and play on the playground without adult supervision. You know, yeah. I, I think a lot of those things, even in organized sports, you know, the ability for us to, to make up our own rules as kids and play games that we think are fun and keeps everything interesting. Um, I look back at it now just thinking, you know, it was a great, great childhood, just being able to do what we wanted. And we'd play hockey and make up these weird rules when we were bored, but it kept us playing hockey. It it, it made us keep interested in, in the sport I still love today and being able to play and do things that you wouldn't normally otherwise do. Yeah. And I think like both the training and the building teams here at High Five are pretty good at being able to like play and create. And that's through that creation or play that we even design new stuff, either props or new challenge course elements. So oh, yeah. like it's consistently like playing around with our hands or, you know, doing stuff with activities that we adapt it and change it and make it really cool. Just think about how many quick little games we develop in the hallway talking to each other that have become, you know, games that that EOL uses or that you guys use in your trainings or ideas for new elements that we go and run with and build and, and design, you know, all that stuff, the ability to play without, you know, boundaries is, oh, yeah. is huge. Yeah. Often people ask um, trainers during trainings, sometimes how they got into the field, but also I think sometimes their expectation is that we're like infallible, that we'd ever make mistakes. So often at a beyond basics level, I'm, I ask the question to people who start coming in, is there a moment that they had a close call on a challenge course or had it made a mistake whilst running programming? It could be activity based. It could be challenge course related that they think was a massive learning point for them because the the... the the notion that we're fallible is actually really helpful for people because they realize that we all make mistakes. But is there something that you did or you can think of in your career where you made a mistake and you've learned a lot from it? Yeah, what's that uh, That law? As long as it's seven years old, I can't get in trouble for it, right? <laughs> yeah, hang on. Let me quickly date it. How yeah. long have you worked uh, here? It was outside of your employment here at love, High Five? Yeah, it was outside. <laughs> might have been in my last job, but I'm not going to say that out loud yeah, on yeah. tape. So. I'll, uh, what I'll do for the next piece is I'm going to just change your sound of voice. Yeah, yeah. So what, no, no one, one will know it's me. You. No one will know say, it's me. Hey, random person, tell me this. And it would just be like a robotic. <laughs> tell me about something bad you did so it can come back up again and 
I would uh, say make sure no. it's not breaking the law. No, no, it's <laughs> not. No, I'm just, I'm just, just joking. Okay, go. Um, no. I, I think that I don't know when you're eight, eighteen, like you get hired to work at a summer camp. One of the boldest statements I always think, you know, once it was pointed out to me was. In our two weeks of staff training, we will train you in activities to be a professional a professional in canoeing, kayaking, ropes yeah, yeah. course. And then the list goes on and on and on and on. And I'm like, in two weeks, you can't train anybody to do anything. <laughs> um, but, no, you know, crazy. so you, you're 18 and you, you always do stuff. You know, you, you think it's a good idea to take your kids at your campsite and that you're counseling them and sneak away a half a mile to another campsite to visit them. You know, and then someone falls and gets hurt in the woods and you have to try and explain it the next day. You know, it's all stuff like that. It's nothing big, uh, but it's still eye opening. And the fact you, you think about it a couple of years later, it's like, why, why, why did I feel the need to do that right then mm-hmm. when really we we'd be fine just doing this other activity? So we're going to go on to some questions now that are quick fire. I'm just going to say unto you, just like the first thing that comes to your head, don't have to spend too much time thinking on any answers. Some of them are nonsensical. Some of them are really, really deep and informative about your psyche. You're in a psyche. I don't, Great. I don't think that's true. The answer for all those will be pizza. <laughs> pizza. Okay. Wow, it would be awesome if one of them was. So, first one. Name a movie you enjoyed as a child. Uh, I waited too long. I don't know. I just thought of like six of them. <laughs> yeah, just your just brain was like movies, child. Yeah, I've like, been, but I've been that and seen those. Name a movie that you as, enjoyed as a child. Um, as a child, I don't know. That was a long time ago. I don't really remember my childhood. The Sandlot. The Sandlot classic. Name a song you have sung at least twice out loud in a car. Oh, Hanson Mbop. Okay. That's Ian's favorite song too. Oh, really? No, it's not. No. But I sing it to him because it annoys him. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome. uh, name your favorite side dish. Mac and cheese. Funny story, pasta-related side dish story. In the states, I got flustered one time in uh, a restaurant. I thought I didn't know what the person was asking me. I was all flustered. I was confused. It was a, like a new cultural experience. And someone asked me. I think they were asking for a side dish. I don't know if they were as familiar. And I don't think I have them as much in England. Or maybe that's my naivety. But um, there's no side dishes <laughs> there's, there's, in England. Well, I don't know if that's the truth. You get the main offered, course and dessert. I don't and that's think they offered in the way that maybe they offered here. But. Uh, Ultimately, he wasn't asking me for a side dish. When the when the meals got arrived, I got a rack of ribs and I got a second meal of, <laughs> of a lasagna. <laughs> so for some reason, I got confused and ordered a lasagna as a side dish. Yeah. Um, all right, mac and cheese. If you had to live the remainder of your life as an animated character, who would it be? Uh, Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, why? He's, I mean, why not? Look how he's awesome prim- he is. Because he's Optimus he's and Prime. He's Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's this big truck. Yeah. He can he can transform into this big, huge robot. He has a sword. He has a gun. Everything. All you would, all you would ever want in And he's life. super nice. And people yeah. are, like, super cool nice. with him, except for in Transformers 3 when they wanted to ship him off. Um, which I hope it's Transformers Three at this point because I'm saying it, but it's gonna it be might be the check. it might be the fourth one. I'm gonna have to add a fact check. Don't, don't write in and tell me I'm wrong. I'm gonna look <laughs> it up after this. 
This one is a question that I ask every time in Adventure Basics, and it's extremely serious. So, would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of a duck or one duck the size of a horse? Duck, hands down. Horses are not my friends. Instantly, you chose the duck. What, what would the rationale be... Well, how would you? How would you? Even though the duck's the size the of a horse, I mean, it's still got hollow bones. It's going to be super light. So oh if it's gosh. a windy day, I mean, automatically I have the advantage. Still, <laughs> just blow, blows it's just going to blow the duck away. You know? <laughs> yeah. And they're not very good on land. I mean, they might be able to fly, but I think it would be an easy battle. Easy. The duck. Name your favorite dinosaur. So when I was a kid, I really liked the Triceratops, but as I got older and watched more Jurassic Park movies, I really like the Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The taste change when you Especially see Especially the... blue, you know? It's, ah, uh, blue. I've yet to see the newest one. Oh, it's really good. I know blue's in there. I don't know. I mean, if you're going in expecting a dinosaur movie exactly like all the other dinosaur <laughs> movies, you're going to love it. If you think you're going to get a dinosaur movie that's different, you're going to mm. be like, this is boring. No, it's Jurassic Park. You know what to expect. What is a job... You would like me to have <laughs> uh, toilet cleaner. <laughs> not not a person cleans the toilet. Like you're the actual brush that cleans. The <laughs> you would, I would I would also not be a human. <laughs> no, that I, I would I like want you, you I want to, have? to have a job as a toilet brush. Oh, and you would also be a toilet brush. I I think. I mean, I like you in the job you're in right now. It's fun fun to interact with you at the office. So. That's a perfect perfect answer to an almost perfect question. Yeah, almost <laughs> perfect. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Jamie. I've really appreciated it. Uh, once again, today I'm in my car. This has uh, been another episode of The Road to High Five, uh, and I am excited to hear from whoever is next in the car. Uh, thanks so much, Jamie. No problem. Thanks for listening. And can you say, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting it. I think the guy. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We certainly appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you have any thoughts, comments, feedback, or ideas about the content, please email us at the creatively named email address, podcast at highfiveadventure.org. That's podcast at high, H-I-G-H, five, the number five, adventure.org. Thank you so much. <laughs>